Hey, uh, this is our fourth week in the series, and uh, the last one that we're going to do, we started off Sticks and Stones, The Power of Your Words, and uh, week one, we talked about how the words that we speak, according to the book of James, directs the direction of our life, and so our words are powerful. In the second week, we talked about how um, everyone's going to be offended, but you don't have to stay that way, and how uh, words that land on us uh, can hurt, and how we have, uh, God's given us the grace to take those off of us. And uh, it was pretty cool. Number, uh, week, last week uh, was the power of a blessing and learning to speak blessing over our family and over our homes and over our friends and over our jobs. Um, it's crucial because he, he put the spirit of the living God inside of us and that same spirit that gives life to things that are dead is living inside of us. And it's our job and our responsibility as a carrier of the spirit of Jesus to, to release that with faith that, that brings influence. Cool. This week, uh, we're gonna be talking about uh, what I think is, is maybe the most important um, series uh, message. And uh, well, I wanna talk about the, the power to be empowered. Um, and so um, I, I think it's crucial that you know what's going on inside of you and you learn how to activate that. So I'm gonna show you a scripture that I think reveals it the best to me. And so before I start, I just, I guess just some random questions. Um, I wonder what, what were the greatest words that were ever spoken over you? What words changed your life the most? I've, I've had some that were really harsh. I've shared them with you in the past. Some people told me I wasn't never going to amount to anything. Um, and I'm, I'm so grateful that I've been to 47 states and, and like 15 different countries. And I've, I've preached the gospel to many and healed the sick and, and seen blind eyes open. I mean, the Lord, what the Lord has done in my life from where I was is completely different. But I wonder, what were the greatest things spoken over your life? And as I rewind it back, I do believe that words are huge. But not to be so spiritual, but I almost think that the greatest words spoken over my life are just simply spiritual. I think that the greatest things that I've ever really landed on me are the ones that landed on me when no one was around and it was just me and the Lord. And he, I'm, a, I'm an optimist at the core. I can believe when everyone, like I remember when we went to house shopping for our first home, me and my wife, and we looked at the worst houses possible. And I'm like, oh, it's great. And she's like, did you just see what I just saw? I just am an optimist, you know? I, and, I, and I believe in people and I believe in things, but I know that there are broken places yet in me where I don't see what I am capable of or the potential that's on my life. And it's the moments that I spent with God when he rebuked me and told me who I am that really changed the course of my life. I believe that the greatest things spoken over my life were not from any person, but from the Lord. And so today, really, this message is about the power of the word of the Lord. And uh, it's one that many Christian believers struggle with being able to identify and find in their own life. And I just want to empower you with an understanding before we move any further. There is a difference between those that have a relationship with God and those that know about relationship with God. Like, I, I want, there are a lot of religions and a lot of dead gods, but our God is alive. And I want you to know that when you have a relationship that's alive, there is open communication. And so I just want to graduate your faith to, that you would believe that God loves you and he wants to speak to you. And I do believe that this is a learned trait, being able to hear. 
It's kind of like, for me, I have been told by many people, um, even Rachel years ago, that you can learn to hear things that you other people get. Like, I am tone deaf, right? It's like, I, I don't know what the key of D is at all. But I can learn the key of D. And I think that some of you that are tone deaf spiritually, who have not learned how to open your ears, you can learn to hear from God. Jesus said that my sheep know me and they know my voice. And I think that's crucial because that's, he is our shepherd. And if he is saying that my sheep know me and they know my voice, I am his sheep. And I want you to be his sheep because we, though we may be leaders in arenas of our life, we are first followers of the great I am. Amen? All right, I'm rambling. I have to get started here. Uh, if you have your scriptures, I'm going to be reading a lot today from the vision of Ezekiel found in uh, Ezekiel chapter 37. And uh, you, many of you may have heard of this story. It's a wonderful story, super powerful, pretty crazy. And uh, I love every minute of it. Here we go. Uh, this is Ezekiel chapter 37 and verse 1 says, The Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley that was filled with bones. Uh, I, the first thing I want you to be aware of here is, is uh, as I'm, pr I'm praying three things over you today, the first thing I'm praying over every one of you, if you have a heart to receive it, is a hunger for God. I, I, I want nothing more than for you to get so jealous. Jesus said, blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And there's something inside of someone that just gets a craving to be with Jesus. This week has been pretty intense, and I think all of us now, we're entering into that season where if you look at your calendar, even those that don't have calendars, you know that it's just full. Like, your time is mostly just occupied. And uh, this Tuesday, uh, no, this Wednesday, I'm sorry, I, I had the opportunity to have spent some time with the Lord and be by myself for, for a few minutes. And um, I was, I, when you don't know what to read in the Bible, I got away from my devotional plan this week, and I, I love to just read whatever day of the week it is of the month it is, I'm sorry, in that proverb. And it was, man, it was so good. It was talking to me, talking to me, talking to me. And then, and then I liked it just, uh, my, one of the missionaries of our church, Tom Benegas says, do the same thing with Psalms and then just keep reading. Uh, add 30 numbers to that and read that one and add 30 numbers to that one and read that one. And I was reading through Psalms and I was getting blown away by a love for God and a desire to meet with him. And as I'm, I'm sitting and I'm listening to God the spirit of Jesus just came all around me and I just thought to myself, this is so refreshing. It's refreshing when you make time to be with the Lord and you just slow down and you sing a song to him. What it does on the inside, because right out of that moment, boom, you're gone and you're running and you're doing and you're running and you're doing and it's awful for us to start our day or our life or our week in craziness. Start it out of meeting with the potter and letting him take away and put inside and speak. And I'm praying over every one of you in the name of Jesus, a hunger for the Lord. Rachel, thank you for calling us to the altar this morning. I, I want any time, if you ever want to know if the altars are open, yes. We, I love to be surrounded by other people that love God more than me because it makes me mad at you, and it makes me say, no, I'm going to love Jesus more. You know, like, Jesus is going to hear me louder, so I'll sing louder than you. I will worship more than, but I, I want to be all in for God, and I love to be surrounded by other people that are, so thank you for your sincere worship. Number two, oh, so uh, verse two, it says this. 
He says, then he led me all around. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me just start over from verse one, Brian. I'm sorry. The Lord took a hold of me and I was carried away by the spirit of the Lord to a valley that was filled with bones. He led me all around the valley uh, among the bones that covered the valley floor. And they were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out like some of y'all's turkeys were this week. Uh, not mine. Nope. It was so good. Verse three. Um, verse three. And then he said, and then he asked me, son of man, can these bones come living, become living people again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Can these bones live again? Let me just ask you right now. In your life, is there a situation that you've just decided it is what it is and it is only going to be this? Because I just want to insert to you today your Christian faith. Your resurrected Savior is not done. And there is nothing that is left alone in your life that God can't resurrect and bring healing to we are talking about the God of the impossible who literally raised Jesus from the dead, who raised Lazarus from the dead, who raised little children from the dead. What in our life is without hope when we serve Christ? And, I, I, and so he says, like, can these bones live again? And I, I kind of ask you that, like, in your, is it your finances? Is it your parts of your relationship? You just think, well, this is just all it's ever gonna be. no. In Jesus' name, that's not true. Like, stop, 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 stop. You just need a friend in your life that will slap you. That's just simply not Christian. Like, that's not biblical. Okay, I have to keep going. And so, uh, so and then verse four, he said, can these bones live again? You alone know the answer to that. And then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. Woo, come on now. This is, it gets me excited, it gets me excited, it gets me excited. Dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. Let me just ask you, Christians, do you believe in the word of the Lord? I, we've got to get back. You know, I'm, I love being in prayer meetings and being surrounded with other believers. And when I hear other people pray, it's motivating to me. But when I hear someone else pray scripture, it just, it's like in the oxygen, in the room, something changes. If you want to know how to pray, start by using God's words. They're already louder, bigger, and more explosive than your voice will ever be. So learn to pray with God's word. And as you're reading Psalms or Proverbs and you come across something that just seems like it's drawing more attention to you, stop and pray that out loud. It's powerful. I promise it's powerful. It'll activate your prayer life in beautiful ways. Listen to the word of the Lord. The second thing that I'm praying for today is your ability to hear the word of the Lord. What is the word of the Lord, I wonder? Uh, uh, the psalmist said it this way in Psalm 119, which is the biggest chapter in the entire Bible. How sweet your words taste to me they're sweeter than honey. I don't know if you've ever been in your closet. Jesus said, when you pray, go into your, 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 your closet, your private place. And then when you're alone from everyone else, then you'll hear from me. And it's like when God then begins to speak into your life, it's like, 
It's literally like oxygen. It's like you, you're seeing for the first time situations that the door was closed before, but all of a sudden now it's not closed. And it's his words. I'm, I'm saying these things because I believe that there are believers that have forgotten how to be hearers. You know, as followers of Jesus, you can't follow him unless you know his voice. And so I almost wonder, then are we followers or are we just going in a direction that we think God is moving in? Let's be hearers of the word of the Lord. Let me, hear, let me read this verse over you. This is in Psalms uh, 19, verse 10 and 11. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even the honey dripping from the comb. They are a warning to your servant, a great reward for those who obey him. And I don't know about you, but some of the first things I've ever heard God tell me is no. <laughs> so when he says that the word of the Lord is, is a warning and it's a reward for those that hear him, literally when God said, don't touch that, Tim, it was a reward because there was no pain in my life because I obeyed the Lord. You know, when he says, don't look at that, it's good for you to obey the word of the Lord. The Lord has told me no more times than I can count. And maybe it's because I have an appetite for things that are bad. But I am thankful when the word of the Lord is still in my life and he gives me an opportunity to obey and then he rewards me. Church, I'm praying over you, one, a hunger for God. Two, ears that would hear God's voice in your life. Jesus is not a liar he would not say you can hear his voice if you were incapable of it. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. It's crucial that you understand. And as your pastor, I'm thankful for people that are, that are following us, but the greatest thing I can teach you is for, how, for you to follow the Lord. Because man, if you just follow me, it's going to get ugly for you. Cool. Here we go. Uh, so I'm, I'm thinking about uh, the, the, what is the word of the Lord and, and, and the power of it. And so I'm just thinking about some times in scripture when God spoke and the power of it. You know, like, like when God said, let there be light and there was power and there was influence. Or when, when the Lord spoke to Moses to echo his voice to say, let my people go. And the impact that that had and the craziness, when God wants to get a message through you, he's going to get a message through you. Or I love when, that, when the fire and the wind and the mountain with Elijah, but God's still small voice was what was so huge to him. The power of the word of God. I'm thinking about Jesus just for a second and all of the things he said that was absolutely impacting. One, when he stood before Lazarus' grave and he said, Lazarus, come forth. Oh, my sweet Jesus. The word of the Lord is powerful. I'm thinking about when Jesus uh, was talking to the Pharisees and he said, what's easier for me to say that your sins are forgiven or get up and walk? All right, your sins are forgiven, but get up and walk. It's the power of of the word of the Lord in church, either we just believe that Jesus did then 
or he's still alive and doing it now. And I just want you to be selfish enough with your relationship with your God, because whether we realize it or not, in every relationship we have, there's a little bit of selfishness. And I want you to be selfish with your relationship with Jesus, because he died and gave you an inheritance, an inheritance that you can have close relationship with him and receive all of the benefits of that relationship. He's alive. And the word of the Lord, I'm thinking today about when Jesus looked at Peter and said, you will be a fisher of men and how that changed his identity. I'm thinking about when he looked at Peter on the water and they said, Jesus, is that you walking on water in the middle of the night, in the middle of a storm? And the Lord just says one word, come. Oh man, I'll tell you. And it, that word, it just stands out so much to me, the power of the word of the Lord, because the Lord only said one word. And I think about how in my life, how many seasons and how many moments there will be no one else there with you to pray with you when you're in a tough time, but you can stand on God's word. Yeah. And here comes Peter doing what no one else in the boat had the ability to do. And there's gonna be times in your life where no one else has the ability to do what God's telling you to do but you can stand on the word of the Lord. This is good, man. This is, this is, okay, I have to keep going. Um, so what happens, I'm gonna rewind here to verse four. He said, he said, speak a prophetic message to these dry bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. And I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. And then you will know that I am the Lord. I'm praying for your ability to hear God speak into your finances and into your relationships and into your influence on this earth and God speak into you the things that are not that he's calling you to come to pass. He has dreams way bigger than yours. And it starts when we come away and make time to hear. I'm thankful. Uh, yeah, I can't get into that. All right. So, um, so I just wonder if you had the ability to hear from the Lord, what do you think God wants to tell you right now? What do you need to hear? I think that's crucial. I, I know things that my wife wants to tell me. I know some things that my children want to tell me. And you know what? I also know, I know that my wife is better out of getting information and thoughts out of my kids than I am. Maybe it's because she's better at making more time with them. You ever have someone that's just good at unlocking information out of people? It's because they ask you the right questions and they make time to hear the answers. And that's just a trait that I want to put inside all of us that are followers of Jesus. I'll make time for you and I'll let you speak to me. I wonder what God would say if you could hear him. First thing I'm asking that God would put a hunger in you. The second thing I'm asking is that you would have the ability to hear him. And the third thing I'm praying over you today is that you would have the boldness to speak what he tells you to say.
this as good. So I spoke this message just as the Lord told me. And suddenly, whew, this is, suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. Man, this gives me goosebumps on steroids. Suddenly when I spoke, it's like I can believe it, I can think it, but when I start to say what God is saying, it activates things. It's putting it out there in the atmosphere and you can't take words back. And what we're saying is not our words anymore. We're saying what we're hearing. Hear the word of the Lord. Suddenly I spoke and there was a rattling all across the valley. It's like when I go into the prayer and I begin to pray the things that God's showing me, all of a sudden I can believe it, I can see it, I can know it, I can feel it. So the bones of each body came together and they attached themselves as complete skeletons. And then I watched the muscles and the flesh formed over the bones. And then the skin formed to cover the bodies. They still had no breath in them. And I'm thinking about what happens when we speak the word of the Lord. This is what Jeremiah said. His word burns in my heart like a fire. It's like a fire in my bones. And I'm worn out and I'm trying to hold it in. And I just can't hold it in. It's like a fire that shoots up in you. When you begin to pray the word of the Lord, something happens. You know what I want to see? I believe God is saying this, and I believe God is saying this, and, I, and it go, you become different from just a follower now. You become someone that's making influence. Leaders, speak. There is power in words. There is influence in words. And when they're greater than us, you know, the scripture, Paul called us ambassadors. An ambassador is someone that has authority in another country because it was given to them from the king. We are ambassadors in other countries on behalf of Jesus. This is not our home, but we are influencers and we carry the authority of someone bigger than us. And I can't hold it back. Church, I just want you to make time Get hungry to hear with God. And then be still long enough to hear. And then have the boldness to speak what God tells you. It'll be terrifying. Especially if God gives you something that's bigger than you. Generally, God's not going to tell you something that you can figure out in your brain. He's not going to oh, say, oh, well, if you just say this to your wife, she's going to all of a sudden just believe you. If you just say this to your husband, he's now just going to not be an idiot anymore. It, when, once you speak, there's going to be conflict. That's why we're going to need what the Lord's about to do next. But let me just read a couple more verses to you. Does not my word burn like fire, says the Lord? Is it not like a mighty hammer that smashes rocks into pieces? Man, I believe that. And Jesus would say this about the word of the Lord. He says, have faith in God. That if you believe, I tell you the truth that you could say to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. Hear the word of the Lord. 
This is our God letting you know the power of the influence that you have if you're willing to speak bold prayers. I'm thankful that God has made us as bold as a lion, as powerful as a lion, like the lion of Judah. All right, I have to keep going. So then in verse 9, Ezekiel would say this. So we saw he, him, he heard the word of the Lord. He spoke it. The bones rattled and came together, and they formed, and they stood tall. But listen to this now in verse 9. And then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so that they can live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded, and breath came into their bodies, and they all came to life and stood to their feet, a great army. If I'm honest, I um, have ADD. Some of you know this about me. My attention span can be really um, small. And so when God is doing something really cool in me, I often don't have the patience to like wait it out, the whole thing. Does anyone else, when they're in prayer, feel like they're in a rush? It's hard to get yourself to slow down, right? I probably, if I had this vision that Ezekiel had, I probably would have been excited after the bones came together and I thought that was it. But Ezekiel waited long enough to recognize that the power was in the spirit of God that came next. And I think that it's critical that we wait on the spirit of God because it's not by might, it's not by power, it's not by wisdom, it's not by provision, but it is by the Spirit of the Lord. And there's something so great that comes in the confidence when the wind of God begins to breathe on something you're saying. Some of you need to hear today to wait on the wind. Almost done here today. Power to be empowered. I love that he spoke to Ezekiel to speak. I love that Jesus spoke to us to speak. I love that he said, it's more important for you disciples of mine that I go away. Because if I go away, then I can send the spirit of God to you. I love that he said this because the importance of being a disciple is now you're going to have to go and do everything that you're seeing me do in scripture. You're going to have to go and say everything that you're seeing me. All of this is, is watch me do, listen to me speak. Now you go do, now you go love, now you go give, now you go, you just do what you see Jesus do. And it's this empowerment that he's put on us. But it starts first, please don't be mistaken, the greatest thing spoken over my life didn't come from any person. It came from the Lord. And it changed my identity. And now he's telling me to speak these same things that were spoken over me over you. And he's telling you that the same things that were spoken over you, you've got to share with me. And you've got to share with your neighbor and your coworker and your small group and other people in your life. Don't keep the word of the Lord to yourself. It wasn't never designed to just stay in you. It was always called to come through you. Yeah. What you hear, you got to sing. You got to say. You got to declare. Yeah. Oh, 
what happens if we don't? What happens? I'll tell you what happens. If we don't tell people in our lives about how awesome the experience was that we had today when we were at church, and no one else gets these experiences. But if, if you were done, he would have just called your number and you'd be home already. But you're not done yet. You've got to share this gospel with people. Okay. One, I'm praying for your ability to hear. Two, I'm praying, nope, for you to love God, your ability to hear, and your boldness to speak what God shares with you. And here's the last part that I just wanted to share with you. I thought it was pretty neat. I asked just people even within here in this room today, and, and 50% of the people that I asked uh, believed that this story was real. Um, and I, I just, I'm not trying to be rude, and maybe it is, and I'm not aware of it, and there, there's a theologian that can prove it, that's cool. But I'm not sure that Ezekiel ever stood over a mountain and prophesied over bones that were dead on the ground and they came to life and formed an army and i'm not sure that this they ever went to war and fought another country and all these things what i want you to know is that this story i believe is figurative it was designed for ezekiel to see it so that he would practice saying it so that god would activate something inside of him so that he can activate something inside of israel so that something would be activated inside of us let me explain this to you. We just got done doing this series that really affected my life uh, like a month ago or so. I don't know. It was called uh, More Than Minor. You guys remember this? We were talking about all the minor prophets. Well, this is where Ezekiel's at in his life. And it just makes it come to pass a little bit more to me. Ezekiel uh, is in a time when the temple was just destroyed and Israel was sacked and women and children were murdered and men that were left that were useful uh, were put into slavery or women were taken into slavery and they were all separated from their families. This is a chaotic, hopeless situation. And we look at things in America right now and go, oh my gosh, everything's hopeless. The, the gas is going up. We're all going to, like, this is not hopeless. Like we are doing okay, I promise. And we're going to make it. And Christmas is still going to happen, y'all, believe it or not. Uh, Anyways, all right, cool. That wasn't funny. I thought it was going to be in my head. Anyways, um, I talk to myself often when I'm doing messages. It's really hard for me not to, if you're new here. I'm weird. Ezekiel was living in a time when his brothers and sisters stopped believing in the destiny that was on Israel. He lived in a time where all of his brothers and sisters were slaved where they began, what happens when you've been in bondage for a long period of time is you begin to settle in to that as a, like, this is, this is okay. That we're, we're, we're alive, we should just count our blessings and be grateful for what we have. But the Lord never designed you to be a slave in anything. He wants you to be alive and to thrive. He wants your marriage to be good. He wants your job to be great. You're not a prisoner at work. You're not a prisoner in your marriage. You're not a prisoner in your home or stuck with this car or like whatever situation that we've laid out, this is just what it is. If that was the case, and so Ezekiel catching this vision actually began to turn something because he was looking at Israel as a bunch of dry bones and saying, no, 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 God's going to work this thing out. There's still an army here. There's still something. We're not done yet. And all of a sudden, within 15 years, Israel is once again a nation. 
because Ezekiel made time to be with the Lord. He made himself still long enough that he would hear God's voice in his life and was dumb enough to speak with boldness the word of the Lord. And it changed Israel as a country. I believe that there's some things that God is showing you and wants to reveal to you if you just make time to be alone that he'll, he'll put inside of you that will actually change the direction of not just your life, but your family's life, of maybe our church. There may be a ministry that you have to activate or a business that you've got to start that currently you don't have the faith to do, but God's about to put inside of you a vision that you can see something that other people can't. This is the way the kingdom works. But you've got to make time to be with the Lord, to hear. See, people that I care about, I make time for. I care about my kids. I want to hear God speak to them and through them into my life. I care about you and I care about the visions and the dreams that God has put in you. And we're going to dig these things out, man. These are, these are jams. This is gold, what, what Psalmist said. It's like gold inside of us, the word of the Lord. Sometimes you're going to have to dig for gold. So this is how it ends. Um, Deb, would you come? And he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. And they're saying we have become old, dry bones and all hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says, oh, my people, I will open your graves of exile and I will cause you to rise again. And then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And when this happens, oh my people, you will know that I am the Lord and I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your own land. And then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and what I have, what I have said, yes, the Lord has spoken. Today, I just present to you the word of the Lord is in your life. Before we move forward with this service, I'm just gonna ask you, would you all bow your heads and close your eyes real quick? I believe that the most important thing that God can say to you is come away with me. To some of you, he's calling you into a beautiful relationship with him. Some of you may have had a relationship with God a long time ago, but you have not had a relationship with him recently. Everything starts with him saying, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If, if you open that door, I'll come in. I'll meet with you. I'll reveal great and hidden truths that you wouldn't believe even if you were told. I wonder here today if there's someone. And God's saying right now to you, I have a plan for your life. I have things I want to reveal to you and places I want to take you and healing I want to do. Things I want to wash away, but it all starts with you saying, I will follow you, Lord. Will you open the door to the Lord in your life? Will you make time for him? He's knocking right now and you have to open the door. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you and you'd say, I have not made time for the Lord and today I'm choosing to open my life 